Hi, I'm Sneha Vakaria, host of this episode's Cost to Company. If you're listening to this, you will only be able to hear part of the episode. To hear the full version, click on any of the full episode links below. We also have those links in the show notes. Don't worry, it's still completely free and widely available, just not here. Now back to the show. Take a moment to think about all the cases of sexual harassment you've ever heard of. On Twitter, from your friends, at your post-work drinks with colleagues. You've probably found that many, if not most of the stories, involved women in their 20s. Even the Me Too stories you've heard from older women, many of them will have been stories that occurred years ago when the women were in their 20s. This is not a coincidence. There is something about women in their early 20s. David Buss, an evolutionary psychologist, says that women in their earliest 20s are, for better or for worse, just desirable to all manner of age groups. Even more significantly, they're still very new on the mating market. They're in their earlier days of figuring out how that market works. This makes them vulnerable. But most significant is this. Women in their early 20s are among the most professionally vulnerable demographics in the workplace. They have the fewest connections, the least professional credibility to stand on, the least experience, and they're just the easiest to mess with. Combine this with gender bias, and you find that women in their early 20s are pretty low down the power ladder. Which is to say that sexual harassment in the workplace is really about how we treat the most powerless demographics in the workplace. How easy is it for them to be messed with? What is the culture willing to tolerate? How much does an organization care about how their most powerless are treated? This is Cost to Company, a podcast about work and workplaces. I'm your host, Sneha. And in this episode, we're going to talk about sexual harassment. We will talk about how far we've come, the businesses that have made progress. But we'll also talk about where the vast majority remains and why they remain there. Most specifically, we will shift the focus from individual bad actors to organizations and how they can be improved to make workplaces safer. We will pause to marvel at how far we've come and then we'll talk about the ways in which we need to push the needle further. First, we had the Vishakha guidelines. They were conceived in 1997 to protect working women from sexual advances in the workplace. The law covered sexual conduct, sexual suggestions or sexual advances that affected the health and safety of women in the workplace. In 2013, the Prevention of Sexual Harassment Act was passed and it superseded the Vishakha guidelines. It went into more granularity about the process itself of protecting women in the workplace from sexual harassment. And then in 2018, India had a substantial Me Too movement. 
and the big changes that me too brought was first that we all realized that sexual harassment is far more common than we think second thanks to me too the language of sexual harassment entered common consciousness third even where the perpetrators suffered no material losses cultures of impunity and silencing were challenged our whispers were spoken out loud it's now 2022 and the question we're asking is what's changed first we will begin with meghna shrinivas founder and ceo of a startup called trusted a platform that provides products and services to help make workplaces safer implementing the posh act well is one of the primary ways in which she helps businesses some of her biggest clients include proactive for her teach for india and imbibe she's also by far the most optimistic person we spoke to for this podcast as a piece of legislation you know the posh law is extremely comprehensive and clear right for example we're running a few pilots in singapore which has a similar act called the poha act uh that's really what it's called prevention of harassment act and i think that way it is quite vague about the responsibility of the employer it's almost like my responsibility go to the civil courts and take this up and that's quite similar in the us and other such spaces right you have to go to the equal employment opportunities commission it just becomes very stressful so i think in that way by instituting a civil court in each and every company almost like the panchayat of your company the poshla has really given us a way to have like a very simple and friction free grievance redressal process you also have an external expert in posh who can make sure that's objective right things are not uh, very swayed by just what the employer wants so the posh act does this wonderful thing where it protects women from having to go to court for civic complaints instead every organization with over 10 employees has to have an internal committee a quasi legal body that can act in lieu of a formal judicial process it can perform an inquiry question witnesses pronounce judgments it is a court without having to go to court what meghna calls an organizational panchayat and the act holds the organization liable to provide a safe workplace for its employees the court was very clear that if you don't set up a committee and actually follow the rules that like we will take away your business license so what makes the posh loop fairly strong in india is that every year at the end of the calendar year i have to tell the district officer whether or not i've been compliant even if it means that i have to say number of cases received zero number of cases resolved zero so most of our clients what i've seen is you know for startups this is critical for vc due diligence for social enterprises this is critical if you want fcra due diligence done and renewal and things like that so it's an act that decentralizes redressal makes it more accessible and you could lose your right to do business if you don't comply but it's not just compliance many organizations want to create a safer workplace a lot of companies that we work with have say a female co-founder right or they have like quite a majority of uh, female leadership so for them this is really about a culture not like a checklist compliance more than the posh act megna thinks it was me too that had a lot to do with this um i think a few other things that came out during the me too movement were india and china were the only countries where it happened either anonymously or through intermediaries because there was just so much fear in the ecosystem right so in india we saw so many brave like journalists stand up and really name and shame the perpetrators while keeping the survivors anonymous in china there were actually say hello kitty factories where people were embroidering their stories of sexual harassment onto stockings because they were so scared um of speaking up 
but they were angry enough right there was enough momentum globally for them to get their stories out but i think in 2018 when you know the me too movement hit asia in a big way is when a lot of stories came out and that's when companies really realized the risk uh, of this operation it was during me too that businesses saw the demand for safe workplaces they also saw that there was a business risk a reputational risk a legal liability risk to not taking sexual harassment seriously it made many businesses sit up and take notice next up is pooja chandra a partner at a boutique law firm who practices corporate law but spends a lot of her time mentoring and providing legal assistance to young women in sexual harassment lawsuits the consultancies are great they talk about racism and sexism and gender equality and pronouns and how to make a workplace sort of open to all kind of identities and they really to active orientation of their uh, senior people you know people especially above a certain age group for whom this kind of sort of world where gender is a spectrum and sexuality is a spectrum is a whole new world you know so they do active orientation of these people they have sensitivity sort of consultants who come and talk to these people does that work yes yes these organizations the ones who are doing it well are doing it really well pooja says that some organizations especially the bigger more global consultancies are doing really well at preventing and addressing sexual harassment One of the best ways in which they do it is by educating their organizations not just by giving sexual harassment workshops but gender sensitization workshops consent awareness workshops bias trainings by upskilling the posh committee bringing the older less woke leadership into this post me to world and she really believes it works so because of the combination of a 9 year old posh act the me too movement and just well meaning business leaders some organizations are doing really well but this is where the good news ends both meghna and pooja agree that for the vast majority of women in the workplace legal compliance has not been enough women continue to be unsafe in their workplaces where there is process there is an hr that eventually answers to the larger needs of the business and where there is a law there is a lawyer who can find a loophole it was very much my early 20s and uh, it was my first job this is snehal who began her career 10 years ago at an advertising agency she's now head of marketing at a major luxury brand back then she was an entry level associate at a global advertising firm the kind with celebrity creatives and what she describes as not the most sexism free place there was one of these award parties and at that award party you know a lot of these uh, awards would have open bars so advertising people are just generally underpaid so they would obviously take full advantage of these open you've reached the end of the first part of the podcast to listen to the full episode click on any of the full episode links on the page or head to the show notes and find those links the episode is still completely free and widely available just not here thank you for tuning in